I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. I'm your host, Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host, Julie Krafchick. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. We are excited you've joined us for an older episode. While our earlier seasons were all about dating in San Francisco, we quickly realized all the themes and learnings are universal for all daters. So we shifted to covering dating from all around the world as the seasons progress. The fun part is things happen first in San Francisco, the tech epicenter and counterculture capital of the world. We love for you to keep tuning in to our older episodes, but there is no set order to listen in. So feel free to jump to more recent seasons or relevant episodes for you. Enjoy the show. This episode of Datable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. Meet like-minded people who share your interests over brunch. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Datable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in this crazy city called San Francisco. And that beautiful voice, that soft, delicate touch of a voice that you just heard from an angel is our wonderful UA. 
And that extremely mature sounding man came from a very mature man named Michael Vargas. So on each episode, we dissect a dating story, but today we have a bonus episode for you guys where not only will we hear dating stories, but we get to hear them from a professional matchmaker. She's going to tell us some of the most interesting stories that she's encountered in her business. So we have Courtney on the line. Hey, Courtney. Hey, guys. Hey, hey, girl. Court, tell us about what you do. Yes, UA. So um, I've been in the dating industry for the last five years in a bunch of different kind of verticals and experiences. Uh, everything running from running speed dating events to writing an advice column for a women's website. And most recently started my own matchmaking and dating coaching company called Sparks. Yay! Congrats! Nice. Thank you so much. You know, it's all about the sparks in life, sparking a good conversation and uh, seeing where things goes. <laughs> so I'm sure you've encountered some very interesting dating stories. I can definitely share some great stories. I will just put it out there that I will be changing the names of these people oh, because, you know, this is what I do and I don't want people to be scared becoming a client of mine knowing that they're going to get talked about. <laughs> protects the innocent indeed. So let's call one guy Mr. Looney Tunes. <laughs> oh <my gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> and he came to me and he literally handed me three pieces of paper in which he had typed out very diligently point A, point B, point C, you know, bullet point A, B, C, all over again, all the different things that he needed in a woman and that he had to absolutely have, his absolute must-haves and his absolute, you know, could not do these, including an entire um, Google Doc that he sent me with images of women's breasts thighs, calves, like literally he, oh. he showed me exactly what he wanted between like the butt and the leg to look like. So like a vision board. Of a sorts. vision board of his dream woman who's very specific about what type of breasts he was okay with. Not too big, what? but couldn't be totally flat chested. So totally reasonable. Totally reasonable, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I call these clients like my vending machine clients, which I really have moved away from, from this type of experience where they feel I can hand you money and that means that I can get anything that I want. Mm. If I select you know, option C on the vending machine, I, I will just get it because I'm paying you money. And I'm like, I can't make this person in a magic hat. <laughs> for you. Like I have to find them in the existing reality and ecosystem that we all live in. So I had to let him know that it was unrealistic and that some of these things were just getting flat out in his own way. Now was he amazing himself? Every client has something amazing about them. So every person has good and bad. But with him it was one of those things where he was a little bit dis uh, disillusioned with what he was bringing to the table. Okay, so when you when he gave you all the uh, specifications of the Frankenstein woman that he wanted from you, what <laughs> what happened after that? Okay, so at this point in time, I was working for a, a specific agency, and so at that time, I felt like I should take this client, though now with my own company, I'm definitely choosier with the type of clients that I take. At this point in time, I said, hey, this is going to be a really unique experience. I wanted to see what might come out of this. Um, this type of thing, though I didn't really want to take the client myself, so I actually deferred it over to another of my colleagues just to see what would happen. I just didn't feel like it was worth the drama at that point in time, so I learned vicariously through my friend's experience working with him, which was a nightmare, as you could only predict from the stories she told me. Well, I, how realistic did he really think this was? Yeah, I mean, part of our job is setting expectations appropriately and saying, hey, I think it's 
in some ways good that you've imagined who you're going to be with and you've spent some time thinking about it, but the level in which you spent time thinking about it is not okay. And I cannot inspect the woman on every single thing that you just asked me to inspect. Like, there's no possible way. I was like, I can give you a general body type. I can give you um, a certain, like if you prefer a couple ethnicities, I can go with that angle. There's no way I'm going to ask these women what their bra size is. There's no <laughs> way I'm going to ask them what size jeans they wear. Like, I will not. Like, I'm a woman. I'm a feminist. Like, I will get you close to the mark, but I will not, you know, go to this ex extreme. And if that's what you want, then I'm not the right matchmaker for you, basically. What are some of the biggest challenges that you have to overcome as a matchmaker? Well, with being a matchmaker, you really have to play this fine line of, a cheerleader, but then also giving people a dose of realism. And you have to know how to exactly talk to each client so that you're actually getting through to them. So when you guys have seen like the show Patty Stinger, you know, Millionaire Matchmaker, there are certain clients where you have to be like that. You kind of have to be really tough love on them and kind of yell at them and help them get to the place that they need to because there's a reason that they're single and they don't want to hear it. But if you want them to actually have success, you kind of need to let them know what's happening, but then you also have um, those clients that really like are actually pretty awesome, but they don't know how awesome they are, and you have to be like, listen, you're great. I want you to pump up the confidence, and then you just style them a little bit. You talk to them the right way, and they're amazing people that are out there meeting and connecting. What is one of the common things that you see people need to kind of get over? Help them see which parts of their checklist are just totally not helping them. Like when people come and say, oh my God, I have to date somebody who already has a PhD or is getting their PhD. And it's like, why do you have to date a PhD? That's so narrowing and limiting. When really I think what you're getting to is the value that you want somebody who's disciplined and intelligent. So if I found you somebody that was disciplined and intelligent, would that satisfy you? And you have to get them to basically say, yes, that's actually what I want. And so it's helping people get out of these things, uh, these patterns that aren't serving them or getting so, so picky that there literally might be five people out of a million in their town that'll fit when they have 100 criteria. That leads me to my question is, what are like the top one superficial traits you get from men and from women? Oh my gosh, yeah, of course. Well, you know, the phrase, men are pigs and women are crazy, the map whack theory is a real, real theory in the dating world. Map whack? Map whack. whack. Map? Men are pigs, women are crazy, map whack. Really? People yes. say that? Map whack is a real theory. So every guy is trying to find that perfect unicorn on the hot crazy scale. And, and usually women are trying. I <laughs> know it's a real thing, you guys. It's a real thing. And then men, women are concerned with men on the like money versus hotness scale or, you know, ambition, a.k.a. money, security, all those things. So these like common stereotypes do come out with matchmaking where guys tend to be very visual, um, very superficial at times. Both men and women need to feel physically attracted, but men more so than women come with the really crazy bucket list of looks. And women are a little more open on the looks category, assuming that the personality is amazing and the other values are there and they're really ambitious and successful. But men come in and they are very picky about body type. There's no fans or buts about it. Some guys are very hardcore about, this is the body type I go for, this is never gonna change for me. Um, and then of course women are a little bit crazy on the height thing. I have to have a guy who's taller than me, but not just taller than me. It's like five foot girls being like, I only date six foot and taller. Mm -hmm. And so ethnicity does, does and doesn't play a part um, when people um, have preferences for who they're looking to date. Um, but the nice thing is people try to be open, but then I tend to find that even though they say they wanna be open, at the end of the day, they actually don't really wanna be open and they know what they want and they just kinda stick to it. How do you get people to be more open? 
So it's tricky because you need to know yourself, but then you also kind of have to know that even though you know yourself well, you could be surprised still. And there's always going to be new learnings. And I don't know, there's different types of people that you could end up being attracted to and really vibing with. But you'll never know unless you just go. And I think the best part is to just drop the expectations and look at the other person as just a person who you could learn something from, you could have fun with. Um, and instead of making it be, oh my God, this has to be my soulmate, or I'm judging them against like this perfect husband or wife. It's like, this is just a human being in front of you. I think the challenge with going, going to a matchmaker which is also kind of the challenge of doing dating apps too, is that if you have the option of, of um, filtering for what you want, mm -hmm. you're obviously going to filter for what you think you want, right? right? So then you're like, well, if I'm paying you to be my matchmaker, mm -hmm. you should give me what I think I want. It's right. harder for someone to be like, okay, I'm, I'm paying you to mm -hmm. give me what I don't think I want yet. You know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> do you have yeah. my Google Doc? Yeah. Do I, mean, I, have, I do have a Google Doc. She yeah. Does. You know, but it's, it's all about communication, and the matchmaker's job is to set expectations appropriately, which is, hey, I'm going to do my best to go around what you're giving me to work with here, but here's my job. You're paying me money because I'm the expert. And so if I think there's someone awesome for you to meet and it fits outside of this criteria a bit for you, it's my job to kind of communicate to you that it's a little bit different, but here's why, and to say, hey, here's why I really want you to meet this person. You should still do it, and you should freaking trust me. Let's hold that thought for a sec. We'll get right back to it. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to to viahemp.com and use a code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use a code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first 
first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the walls. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The label of matchmaker is so misleading because if you read Aziz Ansari's book, he talks about how we don't know what we want. We ultimately just don't know what we want. If we had mm -hmm. to give a list of things we think we want, that's not actually what we want. I would go to a matchmaker to be the decision maker. Right. Right? I wouldn't, yeah. it's not a matchmaker because yeah. I'm not trying to get you to match yeah. me with what I think I right. want. I'm asking you to make decisions for me. What are some of the problems that you see that are pretty unique to San Francisco? Girl, don't even get me started. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, San Francisco has its uh, unique problems. For one, uh, this is a city of a lot of young people. So a lot of my friends that are in their 30s complain that it's hard to meet guys in their 30s because there's tons of guys in their 20s who are kind of fresh off the boat in new tech jobs in the city. And so it's a little bit harder because they are having this adult playground experience. Maybe they moved here from the Midwest. Now all of a sudden they have this really cushy job where they're making a ton of money in tech. They have all their stuff taken care of for them. Like they basically, their mom is their, is Google, you know. Google cuts their hair, does their laundry, gives them food, has just everything, right? So these guys are pampered. They make tons of money. They have disposable income. They think they're on top of the world. And so they're like, I can totally fuck around and have a great time right now. Like I'm young and I'm hot and I don't want anything serious. And so there's a bit of this Peter Pan complex of people just not really wanting to, some people not wanting to settle down just yet, um, which is also kind of compounded by the fact that San Francisco, because it is so amazing with technology, it's the epicenter of tech, every single app under the sun is developed here or is this is like the first city that it really like launches, either here in New York. And so people are on all these apps and people just really can't, uh, settle down and commit because there's just so many choices. It's like you're in a grocery aisle of cereals and you think you found like the best, you know, box and you think tricks is what you want for breakfast, but then you just keep walking down the aisle of cereals and then you see like every single cereal ever. There's Cheerios, there's freaking like honey nut bunches of oats. You just can't <laughs> stop really. And so you just keep trying all the cereals and, uh, and you never really commit to one box of cereals. And, and then you just get sick on you cereal. You just get sick on cereal. You get a stomach ache. You get an STD. So San Francisco is unique because also because of the tech industry, a lot of women complain about the social awkwardness, and there's a general ratio gap between men and women. However, sometimes at uh, San Francisco events, it feels as though it's like a high school dance where men are on one side of the room, women are on the other side of the room, and they will not blend. So, and then the other thing about San Francisco is just how progressive this town is and the fact that we're totally redefining what relationship means and what, um, 
what we actually want when it comes to dating. And so polyamory is really big here. Um, you know, these like uh, the tri tripod couples, you know. And there's cuddle parties and there's sex parties and like the Kinsey scale of sexualities, definitely there's a range. And so I think people are just juggling this, this like what, what does this mean and how do I find somebody else that wants what I want while we're all trying to experiment and try to see. Um, in the interest of time, let's go to takeaways. Some of my takeaways are be open or try to be open. Two is um, uh, don't have a checklist. Yes. That never works for you. Yeah, or well, let's redefine the checklist. Like, I would love to help someone redefine that checklist so that it really um, resonates with things that are important and not. Don't have a bullshit. superficial checklist. Yes, values. Values, how someone makes you feel versus how someone looks, how much money they make, et cetera. I have a couple of takeaways. Uh, and it's, it's pretty similar. One is, you know, I think value, values is valuable. It's the, it's the base, it's the core of which, you know, People want to connect. So if you people are if people are not certain where they want to start looking, dig down to your values. Ask those why questions over and over and over again until you find out your your real why, your real values. I think that's really important. I think it's so important too to remember that even though we have all these apps and even though we have matchmakers and all these things, like you can work with a matchmaker, but also be your own matchmaker. I always say to clients. I will fish for you and get you the best fish ever, but also you need to learn how to fish too. And so here are some tools to help you be a better fisherman because we're all living amongst other human beings and there's always opportunities to connect with people if we are open to seeing those possibilities. And even though you're going through some hard times with dating, how do you still have that attitude of positivity and see abundance instead of scarcity and so you attract those people to you? How do you, how do you maintain that while you kind of go through the more discouraging elements? I just I just remembered another takeaway, you know, I think something that's important that Courtney really hit well on is be willing to change, be willing to kind of let go of your judgments of what you believe will work, because if it hasn't, then that means you need to kind of let that go and try something different, have a new perspective on it. And I think, Courtney, it sounds like that was something that you did really well and was a really a real service to your clients was have, helping them get out of their own way, helping them kind of see a new perspective, a new idea, try something different, be willing to get out of their comfort zone. Yeah. So we do have a question <laughs> of the day. It's a surprise for you. Because San Francisco attracts so many people who are late bloomers, mm. a lot of guys want to know, hey, I haven't had a serious relationship mm. ever, or I actually have never had a girlfriend. How do I start dating as someone in my late 20s or early 30s? Well, I have met in my career so far, there was someone I met who was 45 who'd never had a relationship. 45? 45, female. In those situations, you can say, hey, I totally get it. People nowadays are really focused on a lot of other things. Um, obviously, like relationships aren't, you don't have to have a relationship to be successful in your life, like one primary relationship. You have many relationships that you've had in your life. So you just haven't had this one particular long-term romantic partner, but you've been working on relationships your entire life. So you have skill sets. You're not like, out, you're not coming from like just zero. Um, and also it's like, okay, because um, like I said, in the Bay Area, people are very, very focused on career. So it's not always what people prioritize. And then they realize, oh my God, oh my God, now I need to start dating. And it's like, you just have to take it like baby step at a time, like anything else, like just start going on dates, start practicing, think about who you are, what's, what's great about you. Can you answer the simple questions you're gonna get on first dates? Like the basic stuff. So basic. treat it like continuing education. Continuing education. One of the things that I'm hearing it sounds like is, uh, 
also like getting over the fear right 45 years old that's a bit of time to not go on a date so there's got to be a lot of fear there one of the things you're saying is to kind of get prepared and kind of which helps people get over that fear so for some people i mean maybe that means like working on um their confidence in self so maybe that means going to the gym maybe that means like figuring out what do i look good in all these things and so it's really getting to that self-love place to then put yourself back out there and, and go for the dating so if we want to hear more from you, Courtney, where can we find you? So I am just launching my company, which is called Sparks, S-P-A-R-X. So if you want to check it out, it's uh, the website's joinsparks.com. And uh, yeah, just Google me. You'll find me. I'm pretty, uh, a pretty approachable gal. And I'm on Twitter, at Courtney K. Weird spelling. Thanks, Mom. C-O-U-R-T-E-N-E-Y-K-A-Y. Thank you so much, Courtney. Love you guys. Happy to be here. All right. Don't forget to submit your stories. And remember, you can always be anonymous. We can change all names, such as Looney Tunes. And <laughs> San Francisco, remember to stay dateable. The Dateable Podcast is recorded in San Francisco. We would like to thank our sponsor, 500 Brunches, for making this happen. To connect with us, visit dateablepodcast.com.